What is the mentality of the Denver Broncos heading into Sunday's matchup against the Washington Commanders? Plus, an updated look at the injury report and our keys to victory. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us here. We're going to get into our keys to victory on today's episode show. We're also going to talk about Players to watch on offense and defense that we have our eyes set on here. But before we get into all of that, we're going to have to get into the action. And what's the story for the Broncos leading up into this game? An updated injury report and so much more. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Game Time App. Download the Game Time App, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed here. So let's open things up here, Broncos country. Let's talk about where this attitude is, where the mentality is for the Broncos here this week. And look, I know this has been an interesting week here in the eyes of so many Broncos fans because they're coming off of a loss, right? A loss in week one to a division rival that has unfortunately beat them seven times in a row. Players are confident. Players' mentality, they're very, very, I would say, attacking whatever the narrative might be this week. Like They're just focused and locked in here on the Washington Commanders. And Players aren't feeling sorry for themselves. And I think that's the most important thing, right? Because I know fans have been freaking out. Oh, the season's already over. Players, you know, they see some of that stuff, but they're like, you know what? We have a feeling it's going to be a little bit different than what we saw last year from this team. Like they believe in what is building, what is happening in Denver, regardless of the outcome. I think you put a lot of things in perspective considering the time of possession, the six possessions for each team for Denver and the Raiders. Yeah, that definitely has an impact on the outcome of the game here and doesn't tell the full story here. So a lot of these players are very confident in what they're able to do. There's obviously some things that they've acknowledged they need to clean up, but there's a great attitude. There's a great vibe in the building around Dove Valley, seeing these guys at practice. And I think that's going to help set the tone this week because they also understand, hey, the commanders aren't the commanders of old. They are freshly renovated. They got brand new ownership. They got a young quarterback who has some athletic ability to him, but they also have some playmakers at the wide receiver position at running back, at tight end. And they also have a very talented defensive line and, and pressure creators there that are going to try to impact what the Broncos want to do. And Denver's going to have to dictate what they want to do on the offensive side of the ball this week. So there's a challenge, obviously, in the air there. But these players, like I said, I, they're confident. They've got a good vibe to them, and they're eager to bounce back here in week two against the Washington Commanders. So Broncos fans, I mean, take of that what you might. But overall, this is where I think you want the team to be. I think I would be personally worried if you were, you know, going out to practice or you, you go in the locker room and guys are just down. Oh, they're not, feel, like I said, they're not feeling sorry for themselves. They flushed the pity potty down the toilet on Monday. They moved on from the Raiders game. They acknowledge, hey, there's some good things we did well. There's some things we got to clean up, but we know we trust the process. We keep building with what we got. We're going to be in a good spot there. And I think a lot of the players that I've spoken to, they have echoed that sentiment here. So, how will things maybe be different here in week two for the Denver Broncos? Well, we got to take a look at the injury report here and see where things are at. Now, obviously, throughout the week, players have been limited. Players have been building up a little bit. The only player so far that we've seen is the DMP, Greg Dulcich, obviously at the tight end position. I think 
to see him. We saw him on Wednesday and Thursday. For him to be on the side field doing some stretching, some light work, I think that's a great sign. And obviously, Broncos head coach Sean Payton told us a little bit earlier in the week that Bo Lowry is going to put together a really good rehab program for him, but they just want to be smart with it, same way they have with Jerry Judy. Now I'll say this, Jerry's been limited this week in practice, but, right, there's the classic but. Jerry, from what I saw him doing last week in individual periods where we're able to watch that, he was very timid, you know, light, just like light movement, nothing like too intense or too strong in terms of how, how fast and violent he plants his foot in the ground. I would say he's looking pretty dang good so far this week here in practice. Now, obviously, I think it's going to be yet another game-time decision for the Broncos and for Jerry Judy. But if he's able to be back in the action and if he's up to 100% speed, right, which I think that would be impressive if he was, if he was at 100%, Jerry's going to add a little bit of a dynamic to this matchup against the Commanders because, look, hey, now you've got little Jordan Humphrey, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Johnson, Marvin Mims, and if Jerry Judy's healthy – you got these guys all on the active roster here. So I think that's a pretty solid wide receiving core. You're going to have to find a way to, you know, maybe counteract the loss of Greg Dulcich a little bit. I'm very curious to see what Sean Payton has in store this week. But keep an eye on Jerry Judy. We'll see if he's uh, ready to go here for the Broncos in Sunday's matchup. We won't likely know until kickoff begins here, but something to monitor here if you're a Broncos fan. Outside linebacker Frank Clark has been known with a little bit of hip ailment this week. He's been limited in practice. Should be good to go for Sunday's game against the Commanders here. DJ Jones dealing with a little bit of a knee issue as well this week. He should be good to go against the Commanders. And then cornerback Riley Moss continuing to make his way back from that core muscle surgery. And you know, having a chance to talk with him in the locker room, he's just anxious. He's chomping at the bit to get out there to be able to help the Broncos, whether it be on special teams, whether that be on defense. They have to ease him back in, and he's acknowledged that they're being very smart with it, but he's just ready to get on the football field. He's ready to go play against another football team. So I think there's some excitement, some anticipation on that. And, hey, maybe uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks or so, we will see Riley Moss maybe getting some run here on special teams. But for the most part, I think Denver, considering where they're at, unfortunately, you know, you lose Dulcich for a few weeks with the hamstring. You lose Caden Stearns for the season. It's a big blow. Denver, hopefully the injury situation can be managed a little bit better throughout the year versus just having guys drop like flies week in and week out, as we saw last year in 2022. That's the hope here for Denver is that, hey, guys can stay healthy. I know there's a big push right now from a lot of NFL players. It really started in the offseason, but it's continued to ramp up even in season about all the injuries we've seen so far in week one around the NFL. I mean, geez, you look at the Baltimore Ravens, decimated. You look at what happened to Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, like, Players are coming out of the woodworks and they're saying, we need to play on on grass. Like, why are we still playing on artificial turf? There's a great argument to be made. The NFLPA came out and made a statement about it. But we'll see how maybe things transition here after the season. I'm sure there'll be some accelerated talks. But as we all know with the NFL, like the NFL is going to give something up. And this is how the unfortunate business side of it works. Players are going to have to give something up if they want to get having grass fields there, which in my opinion, that's just how, you know, you get 32 billionaires in a room. That's exactly what happens. It's all about leverage. But I think Greg Penner is actually in a great spot, the Walton Penner family ownership group, because we've seen them fork out $400,000 just to get a new field in place for the Broncos to play because Greg Penner didn't like how the surface had looked. Greg Penner is one of the owners of the Broncos and one of the operators, obviously, is the team's CEO that truly listens and like this ownership group for Denver, they listen and they care about what the players have to say. They've made a lot of changes. And I think that's a great sign. And unfortunately the rest of the NFL is not like that. So I think Denver's in a good position right now and also going forward long-term 
with their ownership situation here. But Broncos country, one thing we're going to get into on today's episode of the show, Sarah Bettinger and myself, we're going to talk about our players to watch on offense and defense against the Washington Commanders. But before we get into that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That is our friends over there at the Game Time app. And buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun that you're going to be having, especially this week. And you want to get tickets to the Broncos and Commanders game at Empower Field the Mile High. Game Time has you covered with last-minute deals as well. Flash deals, to be exact, as well. It's easy to find tickets, and you can also see where you're going to be sitting inside the app based on the ticket that you select. So you want an advantage, you want to see maybe where you might be sitting on Sunday when the Broncos host the Commanders, Game Time is the place to be. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deal tickets on football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll get the best price, and if you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Check it out today. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're taking a look at four players that you need to keep your eyes on in this matchup between the Denver Broncos and the Washington Commanders, two on offense, two on defense. But before we do, got to give a huge shout out to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And however you choose to listen to us, you know, we're free and available everywhere that you find podcasts as well as free on YouTube where you can watch Cody and I and you can engage in the comment section with us and with other members of Broncos country. And of course, it can get a little feisty after a loss, but hopefully <laughs> as of this weekend, a little bit more of a positive vibe in the comment section. But at, at any rate, we just appreciate you all so much for being part of the show and for making us part of your day, however you choose to do so. And let us know your thoughts. Who are you looking out for specifically in this game? Because I think you asked 10 different people. You might get 10 completely different answers, Cody, on what players are, are really in focus for this game. But I want to throw it over to you to start with. Defensively, which player do you really have your eye on in this game that you think could be key to the Broncos getting a victory? Well, here's the deal, right? And I'm going to go with Damari Mathis. And I think because Patrick Sertan, you know, I think that the commander is going to be like, hey, how can we avoid match having to throw his way? Of course, that means more p potential targets for Damari Mathis. And look, I, I wanted to choose Damari Mathis anyways, because I, I know a lot of people in Broncos country are down on him, but I firmly believe that he's going to have a bounce back week. You talk to players in the locker room. They've also said the same thing. They, they've got nothing but confidence in Damari Mathis. Coaches have confidence in Damari Mathis, but He's going to have to go out there and he's going to have to go make some plays here, Sarah. And I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. How does he rebound? You got Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. You also have Terry McLaurin. I'm sure they're going to try to get some different matchups on him. But I think Damari Mathis has it in him. He's my player to watch defensively, not only because I think he's going to have a bounce back game, but I think he's going to have a lot of volume in this game. And hey, he might get that first career interception on Sunday. Calling it here. And I would I love to and also that too is like I need to throw it to you. Like that's very disrespectful yeah. of me, Sarah, not to set the table for you no, on the no. defensive side of the ball. 
who is your no. player that you have your eye on? I love it, Cody. I was going to say, I would love to see that first interception. That's all I was going to say is I think, man, Damari Mathis getting that interception would be a huge confidence boost. And you just know, I I love to give baseball analogies, right? Guy gets ice cold. All of a sudden, it just takes one good outing or one big hit or one big strikeout to get him back on track. So maybe for Damari Mathis could be an interception. And maybe my defensive player to watch could be the one who helps cause it, right? Zach Allen is my player to watch in this game. Played just a hair under 90% of the Broncos' defensive snaps there in week one against the Raiders. And so we know Zach Allen is going to play a lot. We know that he's being asked to do a lot. We know that he knows Vance Joseph and the defense extremely well. And I think that he's going to be relied upon to bring some interior pressure. One of the best ways. I know we've emphasized the edge when it comes to pass rush a lot this week. And rightfully so. You expect Randy Gregory and Frank Clark and Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito. You expect those guys to bring pressure off the edge. But also, you've got a guy who's replacing Draymond Jones, who was your best pass rusher last season. And that's Zach Allen. We need to see more from Zach Allen, whether that's getting at the quarterback, causing pressure, getting quarterback hits batting the ball down at the line of scrimmage. I'm looking forward to seeing not just 90% of the snaps, but I'm looking forward to seeing Zach Allen really make a big impact on this game up front and causing havoc. Look, the, the Washington Commanders, they get a lot of love for their defensive line. We've brought this up. They gave up 12 quarterback hits against the Arizona Cardinals last week. So the offensive line obviously has some issues there or is still growing and still learning together. That's a that's an advantage the Broncos need to take right there. Is Zach Allen create that pressure, prove why you're a 15 million plus per year defensive lineman and free agency, and do what you do best. Go get after the quarterback and cause havoc. What did the Broncos call him when they signed him? A pressure player. We need to see that pressure player on display on Sunday. That's the biggest key. Pressure bursts pipes or creates diamonds. And where will the Broncos fall on that this upcoming week against the Commanders here? I'm going to shift to the offensive side of the ball here, Sarah. And for me, my offensive player that I think Broncos fans need to keep an eye on, Marvin Mims. Now, he had a couple of targets, had a couple of catches last week against the Raiders, but we didn't see the downfield attacks. We didn't see the downfield looks for him. I think it changes this week based on how the commanders play defensively. It's not going to be as stacked of a box as we saw with the Las Vegas Raiders in week one against Denver's offense. I think this is an opportunity to really get the rookie involved, show what he can do. We might see that Russell Wilson and Marvin Mims moon ball. He's a player that I have my eye on on offense. Who's a player you have your eye on on the offensive side of the ball? I'm going to stick with the wide receiver position and go with Cortland Sutton. You know, outside of one drive against the Raiders, I just feel like we didn't quite see enough from him. And I I really, I, I still, I hold Cortland Sutton to a very high standard. He made the Pro Bowl in 2019, looked like he was on his way to becoming one of the better young wide receivers in the NFL. And things have kind of just hit like a, a stalemate. He's plateaued a little bit. I want to see bursting through that plateau for Cortland Sutton, who is a leader on this Broncos team who I believe can be absolutely a go-to target. If you want to give a guy 12 targets in a game, I feel like he can handle it. And yes, we hope that Jerry Judy can play, but we'll, we'll have to just kind of wait and see what the ro- what his role is going to look like anyway. Cortland Sutton, I feel like, can eat eight at least targets. Get, get Cortland Sutton eight targets. Get him a little go in there. Maybe see what he can do with a higher volume. I'm looking for Cortland Sutton big time in this game. Well, we'll see how uh, the Broncos offense plays out this week. Hopefully some more downfield plays here for Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, but more importantly, continue to see that growth that we saw 
from the offense here in week one. Can it transition into week two? You're going to get different looks, I think, each week as you play here in the NFL, and it's going to force teams to maybe play you a little bit differently on a week-to-week basis. But I think that's the thing that Sean Payton loves the most is how do you get into that chess match there? How do you attack certain areas that, you know, a defense, for example, if he's calling the offense there, if he's looking at the commander's defense, how do you attack that? Well, we'll dive into some of our keys to victory here as we share our offense and defensive keys to victory against the commanders here in week number two. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, do you ever find that you're just trying to fall asleep and your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace here. I've used BetterHelp therapy in the past. And the one thing I really liked about it is how easy it was for me to use. I signed up on the app and all I did was I filled out a brief form. It matched me to a therapist. My therapist and I hit it off really well. But if you don't vibe well with your therapist, you can change them at any time at no cost to you. Get better peace of mind here with BetterHelp. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We are all busy in our own worlds and our own lives that we have going on. BetterHelp makes it convenient for us to fit therapy in to what works best for us, which is the ultimate thing that matters here. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. And our friends over there at Prize Picks, folks. Look, there's a big game this week between the Denver Broncos, the Washington Commanders, and Prize Picks is the perfect opportunity to, for you to win up to 25 times your money on a single entry here today. Let me tell you how here. We're going to take a look at Russell Wilson. Is he going to have more or less than two touchdown passes in this game against the Commanders? I'm going to take more on this front. I'm sure Sarah Bettinger is as well. But let's also take a look at rookie Marvin Mims, at wide receiver. Is he going to have more or less than 45 yards receiving this game? I have a feeling he's going to hit more in this particular matchup here today. Price picks, they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that make Price Picks the, na- the number one daily fantasy sports app. And testing my skills on Price Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps here today. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks get in the game. As we approach the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, or you can watch us on YouTube. Thank you so much, Broncos country. Special shout out to all the everydayers out there in Broncos country. Let's dive into our keys to victory here. What do the Denver Broncos need to do on offense and defense against the commanders here in week two in order to have the best opportunity to win, right? We can identify what they need to do, but I think talking about how they do it is a more intriguing part here. So, Sarah, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. You have to give a key to victory here. What does Denver's offense need to do? How are they going to do it? What is your key to victory? I think opening up the vertical passing game early on is going to be critical for the Broncos winning this game. Look, I, I I don't know which one is the chicken before the egg or which one is the car before the horse here, 
I think in order for the Broncos to have success in the running game, you've got to be able to establish a vertical threat downfield to keep those guys out of the box, to really make them respect guys like Marvin Mims, who is one of your players to watch there, or whoever else the Broncos play at wide receiver. And just a quick note, Lil Jordan Humphrey was second on the team amongst wide receivers in snaps played in week one. So something to keep an eye on maybe going forward there. But Cody, I think opening up that vertical passing game will help set up the run. Now you could just as easily argue, well, the Broncos got to pound the rock if they want to open up the vertical passing game. You got to get suck those defenders down with maybe a play action. I don't know which one's cart before the horse, but I really want to see after week one where the Broncos were pretty conservative and understandably so trying to play ball control, trying to keep the ball out of Josh Jacobs hands. Now with a different opponent, kind of seeing how things went in week one, I'm interested to see how much more they open up that vertical passing game. But I'm looking forward to seeing, like you mentioned in the second segment here, uh, maybe a couple of moon balls there to Marvin Mims Jr. <laughs> and that would just that would thrill me so much. But I'm looking forward to seeing that vertical passing game open. Do you think, uh, what's your thoughts there on the offensive side of the ball? If the Broncos are going to win this game, what do you think they got to do? I think my key to victory kind of plays into maybe unlocking yours or, as you mentioned, vice versa here. And that is, hey, you have a you have three running backs that have different strengths to it. I say the Broncos need to invest in getting the three-headed rushing attack going here. You can maybe add a fourth if you start incorporating some Russell Wilson design runs or carries here. I don't know if Denver needs to do that just yet here, but you have Javante Williams. You have Samaj P. Ryan together. They combined for 94 yards rushing last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. And to be honest with you, they've had a very difficult time in years past running the ball against the Raiders. So that was a promising sign. We saw Javante running hard, running through guys, Samaj P. Ryan getting rolling as well. I think you add Jaleel McLaughlin into that mix. Now, he got a couple of opportunities against the Raiders. He got face masked by Divine Diablo on one play here, but I don't think that the flow of the game really allowed for Jaleel McLaughlin to get his feet wet, right? So you look at how the commanders played the Arizona Cardinals last week. They allowed 92 rushing yards in that game. Can you get the three-headed rushing attack going, right? Downhill running with Javante, even with Samaje, but then, hey, you bring in Jaleel McLaughlin. Not only can he be an impact player for you in the rushing game because of his speed and his vision, but I also think you can get him involved in the passing game a little bit. You might see some leakage, right? If there's if the, car, if the commanders come out very blitz-heavy, I wouldn't be surprised we see Russ try to throw a flat route to Jaleel McLaughlin, and he does some damage, maybe gets a 10-plus yard reception there on that play. I think you can use them a certain way, but your key to victory kind of plays in your mind, right? Because if Denver is able to run the ball really well, you're going to force the commanders to stack the box, try to stop the run, opens up more opportunities for some deep shots. Or if you get them going on some deep balls and you're gashing them in the passing game, you know what it does? It opens up the run game, right? So these things complement each other. I'm excited to see if Denver can do just that. Now, let me ask you here. Let's shift our focus now to the defensive side of the ball here for the Broncos to come out with a victory against the Commanders. What do they need to do on the defensive side of the ball to give them the best opportunity to be in position for a win? I think making Sam Howell's life miserable is what they've got to do, Cody. That's <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. I want to see him. I guess I don't know what uh, what jersey colors everybody's wearing, but I want to see him with a green jersey by the end of this day, right? And that's because they're wearing white this it, week. They're wearing the Broncos are wearing white. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that yes, that's right because they're honoring the Super Bowl thirty three team, which wore white in the game against Atlanta Falcons. I remember that. So I guess as green as Sam Howell can possibly be wearing that burgundy <laughs> uniform, that's what we want to see. We want to see grass stains. I'm sure they'll wear, wear white pants. So. 
Cody, let's see some green pants at least then for Sam Howell because you want to see him getting knocked down. You want to see him getting hit. You want to see sacks. You want to see pressures. You want to see him having to scrape and claw for every yard offensively. I just remember back to Vic Fangio's time with Denver, how effective this defense was against young quarterbacks. You could almost book a victory for the Broncos if they were going up against a rookie or a young quarterback like that. It just felt like clockwork. You want your defense to be able to do that to a young guy, to get him, make sure that he has to stay on schedule, right? He And Sam Howell's not a veteran like Jimmy Garoppolo, so he's not going to be able to go out there and just make every read before the snap and say, all right, I, I know that I'm going to Devontae Adams here. I know that I'm going to Jacoby Myers on this play. You want him to, to overthink things. You want him to start to really get into his own head. And that's where the Broncos, I think, need to just make life miserable for him from the outset. Get home in the pass rush. Get home when you're blitzing. Make sure that even if he does make a good throw, get your hand in there and knock it away. Make life miserable for Sam Howell. That's what I'm saying defensively, Cody. But what about you? What do you think is key to victory defensively this week? Thing for Denver this week, it's getting off the field on third down. Now against the Raiders, they were five of eleven on third down there, but a couple of those third down conversions they were crucial for them to keep a drive alive, or even on scoring drive. We talk about that first drive where you had the Broncos defense. You know, after the onside kick, they had some good stops there, but then they go for it on fourth down. They allow fourth down conversion. It's just finding a way to get off the field in some of these key moments. Now here's the dynamic. Here's the tricky part about Sam Howell here. You go back and you watch him against the Cardinals. He's running to the outside. I mean, he's very athletic. He can move. He's a mobile quarterback. He can take it underneath. He can take it to the outside here. And if your coverage is good, right, you have to make sure that, okay, hey, your linebackers, if it's not man, right, linebackers usually most of the time the inside guys will man up on a running back here. If they go two running back sets, they may try to isolate there, which creates some quarterback design runs or keepers here for a guy like Sam Howell. You have to account for everybody, but you also have to maintain not only just edge discipline against a team like the Commanders because of Howell's ability to be athletic and get to the outside, but he's also a guy that can dip it up and take it underneath. Like To me, he reminds me a lot of some of the stuff that Taylor Heineke used to do really well. And look, not much has changed with that offense because you still have Ron Rivera there. Now, obviously, Eric Bieniemy is the play caller here, but they're going to find a way to use his legs a little bit to create some opportunities, and the Broncos have to be ready for that. I'm sure they are. If I'm seeing it, Sarah, that they have to account for Sam Howell on the ground with his legs, I'm sure that they're already dialed into that. They're going to have a game plan. But I think getting off the field on third down will be crucial. Get the ball back to your offense and get more possessions in a game because you can't allow both teams, like if Denver's running it really well, they're going to have a great time of possession. Same thing with the Commanders. You can't have a stalwart the way that you did against the Raiders in week number two. Avoid that. Get off the field on third down. I think Denver has an opportunity to maybe maximize what they can do on the offensive side of the ball because of their defense here this week. But Broncos country, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, Locked on Broncos. That'll wrap up our episode here. The next thing that we have coming up for you is Sunday, the Broncos postgame report against the Washington Commanders. Can Denver maybe go one and one to start the season? Can they bounce back at home in a big way before having to take on the Miami Dolphins next week? Well, we'll have you covered here for the Locked on Broncos postgame report. All the action you need here on the Locked on Broncos podcast. We'll see you then.